We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA podcast sponsored as always by draftkings.com it is Tuesday March 13th Nick Whalen here uh, with Alex Barutha who always joins me on Tuesdays Um, before we get to all of our topics for today it is officially March Madness so you know what that means it's time to lay the smackdown on your opponents in your NCAA bracket pool and that is why we're excited to introduce our brand new rotowire partner teamrankings.com Bracket picks from team rankings use cutting edge analytics to give you the best chance to win your pool. Since 2004, team rankings customers have won NCAA bracket pools up to 10 times as often as expected. So this year, stop agonizing over your picks and get the bracket pool pros in your corner. Go to teamrankings.com slash rotowire to learn more and to get special discounts. Again, that's teamrankings.com slash rotowire. We're also, as I mentioned at the top, brought to you by DraftKings, and we still have that special offer for RotoWire podcast listeners, courtesy of DraftKings. That's a free six-month RotoWire subscription to new DraftKings users. If you would like to take advantage of that offer, just create a DraftKings account, make your first deposit on DraftKings uh, of at least ten dollars, and you get that free six-month RotoWire membership, uh, and you also receive a free three-dollar ticket to a DFS contest on DraftKings that'll be deposited right into your account. Just visit DraftKings.com slash RotoWire dash 2018 to sign up and claim that free subscription. Okay. How much do you follow the NCAA tournament? We won't spend too much time talking about that uh, on this podcast. James and I will go into a lot more, um, you know, kind of NBA draft rationales for watching the tournament but i know you're not the biggest college basketball guy um but how much stake do you put into watching the tournament over the next month um well part of the problem is i i don't have cable so like i can't just like turn it on like it's not just on for me 
I would have to go out of the way, right. you know, to like watch it over MBA. And, um, I, let's say I, I, I don't, um, I watch little enough to where if I filled out a bracket, none of it would be educated. Like I, I basically, it's like, I don't even work for a sports company. Yeah. Um, I, I do like to watch it for, I mean, if they're, I do like to watch the games that contain like high level NBA prospects though, mm-hmm. like Deandre Ayton, I'll watch those games and guys like Trey Young and stuff like that. But otherwise, you know, I pretty much check the highlights when I see them and I'm sure they'll come up on the, tw- you know, on Twitter and everything like right. that. I, I won't be completely blind to it. I found that it's a lot harder to follow college basketball these days than it was like I was a huge, huge, huge college basketball fan from like fourth grade until probably the end of high school. Like I I liked the NBA, but was definitely probably 70, 30 college basketball for most of my my childhood. But uh, it's it's tough to follow these days, because like you said, as as people who work with the NBA day to day it's really hard to go home and like gear up for a Miami Clemson game that starts, <laughs> yeah. you know, a half hour after you get home and there's NBA games to watch. Like, I think as you get older, you do, you are kind of forced to specialize. Whereas I think a lot of people and probably most of the people who are listening to this podcast were similar to us as kids where you could just kind of watch sports center six times every morning, especially in yep. the summer, you're caught up on everything. You're playing sports video games, which helps a ton with rosters and stuff. And it's like, I found that the fewer video games I play, the less sports center that I watch, it's, it's tougher to get a kind of a full grasp of a sport. You know, like, like you said, I feel like I know maybe the top 20 teams in college basketball fairly well, but I'm looking at the bracket and beyond the top three or four seeds in each region, it's complete guess. Right. And, and yeah, there's, you know, I, I love sports and I love basketball, but if I put in like an eight or a 10 hour day, like between writing and, and going on Twitter and stuff, sometimes I just want to like go home and not, exactly. <laughs> and not consume that for, for a bit. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I was never as much into college basketball, um, as I was the NBA and I'm not really sure why it just kind of happened. Like I pretty much have been watching the NBA since I was, I mean, as little as I can remember, basically, mm-hmm. I think three years old or something watching Space Jam. Maybe it was Michael Jordan that the Space Jam really turned me into a, an NBA fan over everything else. No, absolutely. Credit to Space Jam, I, I think, for establishing NBA fandom and a lot of kids, um, you know, kind of in our age range back in the day. Let's start with the biggest news of the day. One, uh, it's Karan Butler's birthday. He's 38 years old. The uh, Racine, Wisconsin native, Karan mm-hmm. Butler, we should note. Uh, how many all-star teams do you think Karan Butler made in his career? I looked at the, um, I looked at the mm. Google Doc. So mm, I, I should have put it in there. No, it's two. It is two. He made it in 07 and 08. Uh, I grew up playing a lot of NBA 2K9. I shouldn't say grew up. I was like 16, I guess, at that time. But I played a decent amount of nba 2k9 in college uh in about three years if you start a, a franchise mode in that game karan butler becomes like the third best player on the game behind lebron and kobe there's so, there's always players like that hidden in 2k that like despite their actual real life you know output just miraculously become the best players in the game um trying to think of who i remember playing like 2k11 or something with uh uh, with the Clippers, mm-hmm. like Eric Gordon was completely unstoppable. <laughs> I was just going to say, Eric Gordon is one of those guys. He's like sure. step back jumpers. Yep. Um, guys like that. Anthony Randolph would always be right. really good. Tyrus Thomas would Brandon be like Brandon Roy was one of those center. guys because... Turn injuries it, off. Right. Well, I mean, and, and it, it just wouldn't factor in 
you know, like if, if a game came out while Brandon Roy was injured, it was like, all right, they're not just going to rule him out for the rest of the game. You know, like that <laughs> games like that players don't just, I don't know. Maybe I don't play modern like NBA 2k. Okay. Maybe that does that happen in new 2k? Like if you're doing a dynasty, will a player just get hurt and never come back? Like, is that built in? Uh, you mean if that happens in real life or no? No, I mean on the game. Like, will you, you so let's say you sim ahead a week and it's like, oh, Montrez Harrell tore his Achilles and he just never comes back. Like, oh, is it, does oh, yeah. it get that advanced? Oh yeah. If you can, if you keep injuries on, you can turn them off. Right. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I always play, I always play injuries off. I feel like if you play franchise with them on, it's kind of like, you're kind of a masochist. Um, no, I agree. But yeah, they can, you know, go out for the season, um, out for the career, maybe, um, the new ones I have, I have 2K18 and like the franchise mode. I was always like a franchise mode and kind of like a nerd. Same here. And um, it's it's way it's so in depth now that I there's league expansion. You can ch- the owners vote on league rules at the end of every season that you can literally just change, and then you can add like a 35 second shot clock or something. Um, you can change the financial flexibility and like adjust the, how much the cap goes up every year. You can make team courts, jerseys, the whole nine. Not, I did not realize that it was that advanced. It, it got it got nuts this Sounds year. Sounds like something I might need to get back into. Do they make uh, NBA 2K18 for Xbox 360? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, I would highly doubt it. You might have to go to AliExpress. <laughs> yeah, some sort of converter that you can get for that. Um, okay, but an actual big news of the day, Brandon Jennings. Um, it's really hard to contextualize for non-Bucks fans like what last night meant. Um, there aren't a lot of situations like this where like an objectively not very good player was, you know, beloved by a fan base. And, and maybe I'm selling Brandon Jennings short. He had, he certainly had a nice run, uh, particularly at the beginning of his career with Milwaukee. Um, but for him to come in last night, play 24 minutes off the bench and have 16 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds. And he was sitting on seven or eight rebounds. I think he had seven boards at the half or six boards at the half, got his seventh, early in the second half uh and it looked like I mean, he was out there for long enough at least in the second half where he had a very good chance to finish off the triple double john henson was not helping him out um <laughs> sterling brown stole a couple of rebounds from him which was extremely disappointing um but nonetheless obviously this is going to be an anomaly in the grand scheme of things but i mean if you would have told me that brandon jennings in his first game after playing in the g league for the wisconsin herd and living in oshkosh wisconsin was going to come in and almost throw up a triple double i, I think uh, this is pretty close to to Nick Whalen fan fiction. Yeah, and uh, after shooting thirty four percent in the G League too, like there was there was uh, such a greater chance that Brandon Jennings goes zero for ten in ten minutes mm-hmm. than than this happens. And I remember because I was kind of watching the game, um, not on and off, but I was I was writing an article and, and watching it, so I I just real I just kept seeing Brandon Jennings in there. It's like what happened to Eric Bledsoe because I wasn't like entirely engaged. I didn't realize Bledsoe had gotten into foul trouble. I thought Prunty was like, you know what? Screw it. Brandon Jennings, our guy now. He pushed the offense. Um, he did actually like look good though, and I yeah. mean that's obviously like obviously he dropped a, a triple double in twenty or almost a triple double in twenty four minutes. But um, he was getting into the lane. He was making good passes, um, you know, and um, taking shots when he was open, stuff like that. Like I think that is a is a good thing for the bucks just someone who will actually take shots and like Telegovich was that guy because i think sometimes the bucks are just super conservative mm-hmm. um and they don't ever like they just get these open shots and they just either pump fake and drive and then pass or they just never shoot it and it just really bothers me so yeah. that is at least nice right basically what you're saying is they could use a gunner 
And yes. that's exactly what Toledovich was. Um, kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say that Jennings is filling the Toledovich role, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I mean, I know you were kind of being sarcastic about him, you know, pushing the offense, but it was, it was noticeable. You know, I mean, he oh, wasn't. Yeah. If, uh, if in the first half John Henson got a rebound, Brandon Jennings wasn't running over to Henson to grab the ball. He was looking up court 10, 15 feet ahead, getting the ball around half court and sprinting into the half court and trying to set things up. And, you know, he only had two turnovers. Uh, and this was a night where Eric Bledsoe was fine. Uh, he had a couple careless turnovers. Giannis, I thought Giannis was going like half speed for most of the night. You know, he, he kind of loafed his way to, to 26 and four, which is where we're at with Giannis right now, but he had a lot of careless turnovers. Um, and I like the pace that, that Brandon Jennings brought to this offense. I just, you know, I, I feel weird talking about this. Like it's going to be something that we can depend on going forward. Um, but I mean, at, at the very least you're getting something out of that roster spot. You know, they had to part ways with Toledovich to bring in Brandon Jennings, um, and, and I think some people viewed that as somewhat of a questionable move to bring Jennings in in the first place. But the fact that you weren't getting anything out of those, you know, bottom four roster spots that have kind of increased in value, I think, in today's NBA um, is something that they really needed because with Malcolm Brogdon hurt, with Delhi suffering a setback, you know, you bring in Shabazz Muhammad, but he's, you know, really hasn't been a factor at all. The Bucks are are running, you know, a six to seven man rotation. Yeah. If we're really being serious about it, Don Maker's out of the rotation. Um, so they, they, they kind of need something like this, at least to, to mix things up. I, I don't think Brandon Jennings is going to ultimately be much of a difference maker. Um, but when you're talking about someone like him compared to Sean Kilpatrick or Shabazz yeah. Muhammad, guys who just guys who are just guys, you know, like at least Jennings, like, you know, he can hurt you maybe more than someone like Shabazz can. Like his floor is lower, um, but at least he does have a ceiling. And, and we saw it last night. Yeah, like you said, it kind of feels weird talking about it. <laughs> Still, like it, Brandon Jennings is back. Like if you had told me, you know, however many, let's say three years ago, it's like Jason Terry, Shabazz Muhammad, Brandon Jennings are on the Bucks. They're all coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. They're all playing legit minutes. Like it, none of it would have made sense to me. But um, it's, I think it's just weird because I expected Bledsoe to be exactly what Brandon Jennings was. Last night, like when when the Bucks bought, brought Bledsoe in, I was like, oh, like I think you know he'll help push the pace. He'll be relatively aggressive on offense because I was like, he can score twenty points a game. Like that's not that's not out of his range every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bucks just kind of stuck with like the it's kind of it's just slow. They do a lot of these like dribble handoffs, and um, it was just nice to to see someone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it was it, all of it feels like a weird dream. I was talking about Bledsoe with, with some friends over the weekend and I talked to you about this as well. Like where, where are your expectations or where were your expectations, I guess, when they made the Bledsoe trade versus where they are now in terms of like your overall opinion on him as a player? I, I was, I was very prepared for him like to not to be the most average shooter that I, cause those were his stats. He was like, he was like 45% from the field, 33 from mm-hmm. three, like just average across the board. And that was fine. Um, I just, it was, I thought maybe he would help us play a more traditional off, the Bucks play a more traditional offense, um, like more pick and roll, stuff like that. But um, I guess the, the main thing from him is that I always perceived him as like a really, really high level, like athlete that would make a lot of these contested layups at the rim. 
And maybe I'm realizing I didn't watch as much Eric Bledsoe as I thought I did, but he doesn't make contested layups at the rim. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets to the rim, he bails out and he passes every single time. Right. And that was that's kind of weird to me, and I wasn't expecting it, and I don't necessarily like it. Like, it works a lot, but then a lot of the times, like you mentioned yesterday, he has he has like three turnovers and five assists. Or he'll just make these just bad passes that didn't really need to happen. Um, I guess the long story short for me on that is I felt like the Bucks had to um, like explore what having a real point guard next to Giannis was like, and that even if it didn't work out long term, that at least they knew that. Yeah. Well, and it was a, a very low risk trade. You know, giving up a guy in in uh, Greg Monroe who's. You know, even he's deceptively young. What is he only like 28, 29? If I that. think so. But like his his time as a really effective player might have already passed. Um, and, and granted, you know the Bucks might lose their their mid first round pick depending on where things fall in that deal, and, and that would be a bit of a blow. Although you know looking at this draft, that's you know yet another kind of crapshoot pick. Um, and you're taking on a guy in Bledsoe who only has one more year on a good contract. Like I, I don't, I definitely don't want to question the move whatsoever, but. Um, you know, the conversation I had with you is just like, I feel, I thought that in the right situation, Eric Bledsoe, who at the time we had basically seen play like 10 games in the last year because he sat half of last season yeah. and sat at the beginning of this season. My thought was that, okay, he's been in these kind of strange situations. He, he's been on a bad Phoenix team. He was mostly a, a bench guy with the Clippers. Like if you get him in the right spot, I'm not saying he can be John Wall, you know, but I thought, you know, his ceiling is like, could he be like a Kyle Lowry? You know, right. maybe a, a guy who could be, you know, multi-time all-star, never really going to be a first team, probably not even a second team all-NBA guy, but a really, really good uh, point guard. And like Bledsoe's numbers looking at him are better than I would have expected. Uh, but at the same time, I, I feel like he's much closer to that Drew Holiday you know, Mike Conley, Darren Collison type of tier of point guards than he is to the the Lowry types. And, you know, and if you go above Lowry, you start getting into guys like Lillard and Wall, and, and certainly he's well below there. Um, so I think overall, like the, the trade seems like it's been a little bit of a disappointment from an overall team success standpoint. Right. Um, but Bledsoe himself, like numbers wise, he's been fine. Um, you know, you could kind of argue, like you said, like the the passing out of these crazy in air drives into nowhere <laughs> under the rim is is like a more and more noticeable issue as the season goes on. But to me, I think it's been with the Bucks; like it's been more injury related in terms of them not really reaching the ceiling that most people thought they would. Yeah, especially like the. I mean, I, I don't want to like overstate the injury to like Talagovich, but he was shooting really well, and he's potentially a forty percent right. three point shooter, and he'll just shoot. Um, injury to Brogdon was huge because he's just you can play him like 30 minutes combo guard like also another great three-point shooter um, and Del Vadova is just pure depth at the position um, was nice to have mm. um, I think I think the main thing we're seeing is just the I didn't realize how massive the skill drop-off was from Greg Monroe to John Henson and I don't mm-hmm. know that if um, I don't know that if, if John Horst realized that either and like they play different styles and so it's kind of hard to compare them, <clears throat> but, um, I, I'm kind of off the John Henson train, <laughs> like a bandwagon at this point that I was never really on. Um, I, it's just like a very clear, you know, as, as much as Monroe is old, like old school and, um, doesn't, you know, quote unquote fit the modern NBA 
he was still a pretty high IQ player who could make offense happen. He mm-hmm. would just stand in front of people and try to stop them from getting to the basket. Um, you could run a little bit of offense through him. I just, um, I think the Bucks are suffering a lot from uh, dropping from John Henson being the legitimate backup, essentially, to now like some combination of Tyler Zeller and Thon Maker, right, being a backup because. Um, it's it's pretty obvious the Bucks like weakest position is just center. They get beat up there all the time. Yeah, well, and I think that that same logic can be applied to the backcourt injuries too. Like it, the name Toledovich and the name Delavadova don't exactly <laughs> scream like you know these guys are out. You're going to completely go in the tank, but you know, and I'm not fans really of either of those players. But the drop off, especially in in terms of shooting from Toledovich to like a Sterling Brown type or you know Jason Terry who shot the ball fairly well, but not having that guy out there who's a threat to to shoot really from anywhere within 40 feet of the basket and you know talking about Toledovich like not having that guy um you know has clearly been an issue for Milwaukee and you know they've kind of had a rotating cast of Zellers and you know Sterling Brown and Kilpatrick and now Jennings like these are guys that for for most teams that are that are that are deeper and and probably healthier overall these are guys that you're bringing in to play two or three minutes at the end of games not have to play 25 minutes one night and then not play the next night like there's been too much of that um and i think the lack of continuity outside of of middleton and Giannis both being healthy for the most part and Bledsoe really too beyond those top three there's just been too much flux yeah that's enough Bucks talk, though. They're that they're <laughs> that really happened, they're man. a really frustrating team. That was right just now. like ten um, minutes. Of that was that was about nine and a half minutes more than I wanted. <laughs> Let's talk about the Spurs uh, first. The the earlier news today: Kawhi Leonard not going to play Thursday. That was the date they they initially put forth. I want to say on Saturday or Sunday. Um, and you know, given the long layoff and and all that's happened, you know, both privately and publicly since then, it, it did really feel like Thursday was going to be the date. You know. Um, and apparently that won't be the case. Sounds like it's, it's more, you know, comfortability issue rather than Kawhi, you know, not wanting to play. Uh, but as of right now, after losing last night, uh, a game that I think we all kind of saw coming Spurs were blown out in Houston. They're technically out of the playoffs. If the season were to end today, um, based on tie break scenarios, they're one of three teams that's tied for the eighth seed, but Utah would currently take that tie break over San Antonio and over Denver, I mean, it's cliche to say, honestly, but it's, this is uncharted territory, you know, for, for our conscious lifetimes. I mean, the Spurs haven't missed the playoffs in what, 19, 20 years. Yeah. And I would wager to guess that they haven't been this low in the standings, you know, at this point in the season Yeah, in probably so. at least that amount of time. <laughs> I doubt it. I, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, really, cause they're only, um, they're only, I want to say their only source of offense is like LaMarcus Aldridge at this point. I want to say that, but, <laughs> but, and he uh, didn't play last night. So when he doesn't play. Yeah. And that's the thing. If LaMarcus Aldridge misses any time, but it's like, really you look at the starting lineup and it's DeJounte Murray, mm-hmm. who is really more of a defender and not too much of an offensive threat. Um, in general, Patty Mills is now starting, um, over Danny green which kind of confuses me. Then it's Kyle Anderson um, at small forward. Like that's, that's okay. He averages like, you know, he averages like eight, five and five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LaMarcus Aldridge, Powell Gasol and Powell Gasol misses time relatively often because he's like really old. Um, 
And then that's just, that's the starting lineup. And then you're getting into guys like Bryn Forbes, Brandon Paul, Bertans. Like, I understand Greg Popovich is an amazing coach. <laughs> there is a threshold where Greg Popovich right. can no longer force a team into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we might be seeing that this is the exact collection of players minus Kawhi Leonard, obviously mm-hmm. that Popovich is can, it's just really borderline for him. Support for this podcast comes from us bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. us bank has credit cards that make everyday rewarding, no matter what you're into feeling hungry, check out the U S bank altitude, go visa signature card, earn four times points on takeout food delivery and dining and get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. It would be really ironic if the Spurs missed the playoffs and the Cavs, or LeBron, I should say, doesn't make the finals in the same year. Like the, the, the demises of things that have just been so constant for the That'd last be, decade. They'd really be the death of like old money. It really would one year. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think we've kind of, no one's blaming pop and rightfully so. Um, I mean, this roster is as bad as any of the teams that have 20 fewer wins right now (laughs) than the Spurs do. I mean, you could put this roster, if this team was coached by anyone else, they might be the worst team in the Western conference. Although the Grizzlies team that we watched last night against Milwaukee, I said to, to our mutual colleague KOB this morning, like that, that is the worst collection of NBA players I have watched this year. I've seen. I've watched multiple Suns games. I've watched a Hawks the game. Suns, have, yeah, but the, yeah, those teams have. Yeah, and the Grizzlies even had Gasol last night, but he's. I mean, he's just not he's engaged. Out of it. That's again not a knock on him. He's he's exempt from all this. But watching or listening to Marcus Johnson continue to wildly mispronounce Xavier Rutan <laughs> Mays's name, he was calling him Ruthon Mays for, for part of the third quarter. Then he switched over to Ruton Mays. Like, there's no U at all in there. Yeah, that was that was as rough as it's been. Uh, but like I said, there's there's basically four teams now in the, at the bottom of the West fighting for two spots. Um, and as I say that, you know, Portland, OKC, New Orleans, Minnesota, they're they're really not all that further ahead. So there's certainly a chance that they could drop back. But as things stand right now, um, you have the Clippers in seventh. You have the Jazz in eighth. You have the Spurs uh, tied for eighth. And then you have Denver dropping below them. So four teams for two spots. Technically, right now, the Clippers, you know, they've played two fewer games than the rest of those teams. Um, so the, they're technically in seventh. But in terms of games back, it's all the same. Um, which of those which two of those four do you think are, are going to end up getting in? Um, that's tough. Uh, I still like Denver and Utah. <sighs> yeah, I and, and I don't I don't have like a ton of you know, a ton of great stuff to back that up, but it's insane. It just feels Denver has plenty of depth and the idea that Millsap and, and it's tough because Millsap and Jokic are, they're still trying to, mm. everyone's trying to find the rhythm together. Um, but I feel like they have too much talent not to make the playoffs. Like if that team doesn't make the playoffs, I, 
like if Popov like if Popovich was coaching this team, they'd be like three. You know, they'd, yeah. I don't feel <laughs> they'd like be like sixty five and zero. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you know, Utah is Utah is really just kind of had a resurgence, mm-hmm. and I do think that they have. I want to say more talent on their team than the Clippers, but I like their collection of players more than the Clippers. And I think the Clippers still do have some like depth issues and I don't trust Gallinari's health um, and, and things like that. So um, I would, I would say Denver and Utah. I'm not even going to put forth like an actual assertion here because I have no idea. I mean, all these teams, like I'm with you. Denver is the most talented and I don't think it's really close. San Antonio is the most well coached, um, but I think these are all pretty well coached teams. Like, there's not there's not one in here where you're just like, wow, there's just a you know, Pop is clearly the king uh, when you know when you put him up against any coach. But I like Quinn Snyder. Doc's you know probably forced his way into the coach of the year discussion, and and I'm a Mike Malone supporter as well. So like, I don't want to dog any of these guys. I I think it's gonna. I, I would I would guess I'll say the the Spurs and the Nuggets make it in. Uh, it feels like the Clippers might run out of gas at some point. Utah, um, they've been banged up. You know, you're relying a lot on on Donovan Mitchell. Ricky Rubio has played out of his mind for the last two weeks, and that's really <laughs> been you know kind of the the sneaky reason behind their resurgence. <laughs> I have doubts if that'll continue. They just lost Neto last night. Not that he's been a huge piece, but that's still your backup point guard. They're gonna get Exum back. They should get Exum back. He's playing in the G League. Uh, I would think he'll be back within the next week or two, which is interesting. I don't know that that necessarily helps them from a playoff standpoint, but I, I mean that's idea. a name that you hadn't even heard about. You know, you, no. all these guys that have been hurt long term. Um, he's just, you know, it's, it's happened twice now, and it's to the point where he's doesn't really seem like he still has that sky high potential that he did coming off of his last injury um what about new orleans minnesota and okc so okc up to fourth place now uh they're only two games ahead though of the four teams that we just mentioned uh, and they're a half game up on new orleans and a half game up on minnesota so by the end of the weekend you know any of those three teams could be in the same category as the clippers jazz spurs and nuggets <laughs> the west is ridiculous um yeah, I, I, I like New Orleans because I think I really, I mean, Holiday and and Davis have just been ridiculous. Emeka Okafor, who expected any, this is like the Brandon Jennings Emeka Okafor uh, era part two, like the the return right. for both. It's like players. Brandon Jennings and Emeka Okafor are going to be on playoff rosters most likely. They're helping surge teams in right. the playoffs. <laughs> Okafor is starting, so um, it. I think I have the most confidence in Portland. Um, not that I think they're necessarily the the best out of the four teams, but it's like, you know, Butler's hurt for Minnesota. So mm. that's, that's pretty up in the air. Um, you know, the Pelicans, Anthony Davis has injury issues. They're, they're really shallow. Um, OKC, they just, they just can't, I mean, they're for, like, I feel like it's weird to be like, they're for the fourth seed, but they can't make it work. There's just like, they, they, they struggle sometimes and they have a really hard schedule coming up. They do. That's the thing with OKC is like part of the reason that they're, that they've climbed from what seventh, I think a week ago up to fourth was they, they lost in Portland, they lost against Houston and then they had Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, their last three games, won all of those, although not really all that easily outside of the Phoenix win. Um, And then they're at Atlanta tonight. That'll be another win after that though. Clippers, Raptors, Celtics, heat, Blazers, Spurs, Nuggets, Pels, Warriors, Rockets, Heat, Grizzlies. So you really have no tanking teams the rest of the way until game 82. Yeah, and I, I feel like they can beat the Celtics, but that's like 
the Celtics are they yeah. have, they're in well that's in Boston at this point. I mean, you got Kyrie is going to have knee soreness for the rest of his life unless he gets surgery. Marcus Smart might miss the rest mm. of the year. I keep seeing articles about with a thumb thing. And then, you know, uh, Jalen Brown's dealing with the, that insane concussion. Right. So, although maybe... Super concussion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, watching it, I was like, that, yeah. that is a super concussion. Um, so, I don't know. We don't know what Boston team will actually be out there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, either way, I'm just playing. I mean, I'm just... The way OKC is played, like, I mean, they they beat Sacramento at home by five last night. Like, they've let everyone and anyone hang around. Yeah. You know, there's, there's really not an easy win for them. They've they've kind of reminded me. I've watched a lot of Cavs basketball, as you know, and like watching OKC kind of get that same feel. You know, maybe even last year's Cavs when they went through struggles in the year before, where it's like the amount of talent is overwhelming. It's very obvious who's the better team is, and yet they they just have these stretches where they can't put it together. And I think OKC is going to make the playoffs. I'm with you. Like, talent's just going to win out at some point, and there's you know there's enough slots that they'll. I'm not I'm not saying they'll finish third or fourth. They could finish seventh or eighth, but they're going to get in. Yeah, but like, what about this season would make you think that they can flip the switch? Like, they haven't. They flipped the switch for like four individual games this year, and that's about it. Yeah, they they just haven't really like meshed well, like as a team. And I, I mean, it's not, I think a lot of that does come down to just Carmelo Anthony. And I don't want to just like throw all of the blame on Carmelo, um, but Paul George has stepped up his game. Westbrook has just more or less been himself. Um, Steve, we know what Stephen Adams does. He's having a really good year, actually. Um, but it's, you know, it's to the point where if you just replaced Carmelo Anthony, if you just took Carmelo Anthony's salary and just dispersed it for a bench, right. You would, they would, I feel like they would just be playing better. Um, and so I think it's just kind of a lack of continuity from the year before. And the fact that Carmelo might, he's, this might be the, the beginning of the end here and, uh, hitting pretty hard just in, in one year. So, um, yeah, I would like to think talent will win out, but <laughs> guys like Mello haven't been playing good all year. And then you're relying on like Josh Eustace and Alex right. Abrinas and Jeremy Grant to like mm-hmm. hold down your bench. Right. I mean, I, I've been surprised how open the Thunder players have been about the loss of Robertson and how, you know, especially Russ, like a guy who never really seeds any kind of weakness in the media has been like, yeah, man, like we, we can't really defend the same level without yeah. him, which is more, you know, more a testament, I think, to Robertson than anyone else. Like there's part of this is due to the fact that Gobert's missed time and there and, you know, Draymond hasn't been quite the same and Kawhi's missed almost the entire year. But like there's been legitimate chatter that like Andre Robertson could be a top three or four guy and defensive player of the year. And his case would be more so built on the fact that the Thunder have been horrible on defense without him <laughs> rather than how good they were with him. Um, and like you said, like, you know, I, I think Melo's demise has maybe been a little bit overstated. Like, I mean, I'm not here to defend Carmelo Anthony by any means, but when you look at it from the perspective of what could you get for this money instead, yeah. and especially when you lose a guy like Robertson and have really no one to replace him with, that's when you start to kind of question that team construction, because even if Robertson had stayed healthy, you didn't really feel great you know about this thunder team having a chance to 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 really really rival houston or golden state uh, but at the same time you know i do applaud the way that sam presti has kind of gone for it like they've made oh, i would have done the same thing they've made some pretty monumental mistakes like i think sam, sam presti is a very good gm and i think most people would agree they've made some pretty big time mistakes over the years and have still you know are putting out a very at the very least very interesting product for the fans you know like you yeah. 
you completely botched the James Harden situation. I wouldn't say they botched the Durant situation, but you lost Kevin Durant. Right. And yet you're still putting out, you know, an incredible product and you still found a way to get Paul George and get Carmelo Anthony and keep Russell Westbrook. Like, I, I think for all the bad things that have happened to OKC in the, in the grand scheme of things over the last decade, they've still come out pretty well. I agree. And as much as I like to, you know, yeah, as, as, as much as I like to, you know, pile on Carmelo and, and stuff like that and talk about how his, his money. <laughs> Anyone could, who knows me knows how much I love pile <laughs> Carmelo. And say though, his money would be better spent on, on bench players. I, if I was Sam Pressy, I would have made the exact mm-hmm. same trade. So I can't, I've right. You know, I don't think it's anyone's fault. That this is happening, I think it's it's just kind of um, mm-hmm. an unexpected, just unexpected reality. And so I so I do think you know Portland is probably just going to stay at the three seed because um, I mean not that I think they'll win out the rest of the way because they're ten and zero over their past ten games. They haven't lost. Um, and but like I, I was looking at some of the guys' numbers just over the 10 game stretch it's nothing insane like right. you know Lillard's shooting 45% 42 from 3 McCollum's at 42% from the field 42 from 3 i mean it's not like any of these guys are doing anything on the offense that's wild they're just playing really they're just playing well and um and and you know we've been talking about how earlier in the season they're playing really good defense but bad offense and now the mm-hmm. now they've balanced out and they're in third all right, hold that thought on the Blazers. Uh, I have to tell you about DraftDaily.com. It's the future of fantasy sports. Um, it's crypto, it's currency, and it's also sports. DraftDaily.com is the new standard in the fantasy sports industry with almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and 0% risk of chargebacks. It's taking the industry by storm and making the game that we all love both safer and cheaper to play. On DraftDaily.com, users can play without worry and without fees, digging into profits. DraftDaily introduces cryptocurrencies to the masses. And what better way to do that, Alex, than to merge crypto with fantasy sports? Kind of a no-brainer. On DraftDaily.com, you can play with and win cryptocurrency. Secure your place in history. Play on DraftDaily.com today, where players and the game they love are the focus. DraftDaily.com. So how real are the Blazers as an actual you know, number three seed in the Western Conference. And, you know, I think in normal team professional sports, being the three seed in a conference is, is an accomplishment. Uh, doesn't mean quite as much when you're in the Western Conference of the 2018 NBA and the one and the two seed are kind of in the zone tier of their own. And you, I feel like for the most part, everyone feels about the same about teams like three through six. I mean, Portland, I wouldn't say they've separated themselves from the rest of the pack because it's only a two-game gap, but in this Western Conference environment, that is somewhat of uh, of a cushion. But they're still 10 games back of Golden State. They're still 12 back of Houston, so clearly in a different class uh, from those two teams. I don't think anyone's arguing anything different. Um, but how do you feel about this Portland team You know, as you know, some sort of foil to Houston or Golden State who they would maybe meet in round two? Um, I... I don't know. I um like I I have pretty good confidence that they can beat the teams below them. Um and some of that's going to be matchup based, but like I I wouldn't necessarily bet against Portland being the rest of the teams below them. Um I don't, I don't really think they can take down Houston or Golden State um because I'm I'm pretty sure I mean both of those teams just have really I mean both those teams are also really good defensive teams. Like Houston would probably just put, you know, they have Chris Paul in either CP3 or um, 
or sorry, they have they have Chris Paul on either Damian Lillard or McCollum, and then I assume they would put like Ariza or something on on McCollum to just bother him, and then Hargan would just get put on like Alfred Camino, and they would hide him like that. <clears throat> and then I don't really, I don't really trust any team, especially like you know Portland, who's not necessarily known for their stingy defense to stop. Like they have good defense, but they've been better this year, right? We're not talking about them as like the. You know, one of the best defensive teams yeah. in the league. So that's, or that's the team the Warriors don't want to see. <laughs> I think it would be the most fun series. You know, if you're looking at teams three through eight, that that would really mount a challenge to either of, of Golden State or Houston. I, I don't think Port. I think Portland could take a game from one of those two oh, teams. Yeah. I think Portland's really good. I, I think they can kind of go shot for shot. But you know, at the end of the day, the three through eight guys in Houston and the three through six guys in Golden State are so much better than what Portland has to offer. And you can say that about you know, 26 teams in the NBA. Like no one has the firepower to match up with these teams, but I think Portland would at least make it a fun series. Um, I don't think either of those teams want to play two games in Portland um, in front of that crowd in a playoff environment. I think that's about as difficult of a, of a task as Houston or Golden State will face outside of facing each other. Um, and like you alluded to earlier, Portland's kind of the one team on this list that hasn't had like a major injury concern you know like minnesota might be in the three right now if it weren't for butler okc if robertson goes down is, is right there you know new orleans with cousins maybe things are a little different um so they, maybe they benefited from that a little bit i mean is there any other team in this mix that we've discussed that you think you know once they get back to full strength maybe in late in round one you know round two of the playoffs could present you know even the slightest you know, matchup issue for for houston or golden state um I still think there's something to be said about OKC because if you just mm-hmm. play all their guys 40 minutes and they kind of get right. hot and they do have Paul George as a good defender still and, and stuff like that. I do also like Minnesota. Yeah, those are the two for me as well. With Butler back, the, that's a little different. Yeah, if we assume Butler's back, then you know they're going to present some issues to both Houston and Golden State. Like Carl Anthony Towns is going to give both those teams trouble if he can, you know, he's been less of a factor this year. He's still obviously a really good player. Um, Jimmy Butler um amazing two-way player can you know guard mm. whoever he needs to guard on either team wiggins solid defender um it you know we know tibbs will play the starters as long as he has to yeah i was gonna say he's not really worried about like shortening rotations that's just normal no so i would say okay see so minnesota has has a chance still. if towns plays the way he did in the fourth quarter against golden state on sunday i don't know if you were able to catch that but that was that was the first time that I can really recall, you know, in that type of setting, seeing Towns just take over, you know, and and obviously I think part of that is Butler wasn't there. Golden State was without Curry in that game, so you know, kind of you can kind of even those out to some degree, though. Though I think Curry probably means more. Um, and that was that was the type of game. I mean, like Draymond Green threw everything he had at Carl Towns in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't enough. Carl Towns was getting into the lane. He, even if he wasn't finishing, he was getting his own rebound and putting it back up. He was hitting fadeaways. He was, you know, hitting threes. I, the time he's the kind of player that can really give not only Golden State but really give anybody trouble. I mean, there's just not that many guys in the league that can can seriously match up with that. You know, Davis presents some issues as well. Um, and I think Davis is better than Towns. I don't think I think that's kind of right. become more and more clear this year. But the players around Towns are exceedingly better when they're at full strength than what Davis has around him. So to me, I think yeah, Minnesota and OKC, even though they haven't always done it consistently, even though they're going to finish 15 games behind these teams, like at the end of the day, you know, those are the two teams that can at least one through three, one through four um, present somewhat of a fair fight between them and houston and golden state yeah 
Uh, all right, we'll wrap this one up. Anything else that, that you want to hit on before we go? Uh, we pretty much got to everything. I, we successfully did not talk about the Cavaliers. Uh, oh, last thing. I did want to talk about this. The Detroit Pistons. This is just a yes or no. Can we cross them off as a playoff team? They're five games out of the eight seed right now. 16 games left. Yes. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.